Great. I'm, I'm just going to get myself settled. I'm at that age now where I need the light. <laughs> I buy reading glasses and lots of water. So um, hopefully, um, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat as well, so hopefully it won't be too croaky for you. Anyway, tonight we are carrying on our um, series on prayer. And I'm really excited that we're doing this series on prayer. To be honest with you, um, prayer for me... Um, in my life has often been boring, it's felt orchards, musts, it's felt like a bit of a shopping list to God. And I think it's been, I think probably over the last few years really, that I think God stirred something in me about what prayer really is. And I started, I've started to get really excited about prayer. And um, I think there's some really fantastic resources out there that have really helped me, started me to think more creatively about what prayer is, that it's not just this um, shopping list, but actually it's more about this open conversation with God, an enriched um, conversation with Jesus. Um, I don't know if we can just start with the slides please. So slide one. So for example, these are just some of the things that we'll, we'll touch on tonight. But Pete Gregg is, I'm a real champion of Pete Gregg. I think he's great. He does a lot of, um, he, well, he heads up the 24-7 prayer stuff. There's loads of stuff that you can find out on his website um, and the Lectio apps, things like that. It just helps us think about prayer in different ways and creative ways. Um, so um, I really recommend you have a little look at some of those and, and I'm going to be referring to them as well. And I'm really aware tonight's talk is on unanswered prayer. And that's a very, very sensitive um, topic. And um, I know some of you tonight will be really wrestling with unanswered prayer. And it's a very, very painful, very, very painful place to be. Um, and will we'll rise up lots of emotions and questions and maybe even doubts about our faith. Um, but even but as we start, I want us just to have a little look at this slide that I, um, I saw this on Instagram a couple weeks ago. A prayer room is first and foremost a living room. It's a place where the father waits for his children to come and climb into his arms. That, I, I just love that, and I think that's a really good way of kind of framing what we're gonna look at tonight. It's a chance for us to come and climb into our father's arms. So I'm just going to pray actually, Lord, as we look at this topic of unanswered prayer with the pain and the questions and the doubts, I pray that you help us to be that little bit more courageous, to maybe take that step of climbing back into your arms tonight. Amen. As I say, it's a massive topic, and we could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on unanswered prayer, and I'm definitely not the expert. Um, and I've, I'm using quite a lot of content, to be fair, from Pete Gregg's unanswered prayer course, which I ran last year that quite a few people might, you might have come to. Um, it's a fantastic course, um, and we can only scratch the surface tonight. So I really recommend that you go online, look at it, because he goes really deep. He goes into the nitty-gritty, and I haven't got time to do that tonight, and also he's much better at it than I am. He also um, wrote this book, and this is a fantastic book to read on unanswered prayer, God on Mute, and um, I will be referring to that as well tonight and tells a little bit about his story. But I hope tonight that we um, just have a chance to explore together how we wrestle with unanswered prayer. And we're going to look at sort of three things. The first one is about being honest 
with unanswered prayer. The second one would be about seeking help. And maybe, lastly, we'll maybe us being able to hold some hope and pain together and how we might be able to do that. So firstly, let's have a little think about, about being honest. So we all will and maybe are experience seasons of where are you, God? Why are you so silent? Why, when I pray to you, do I not hear you? Why do you seem so far off? This is a tough time for me right now. Why are you not showing up? And we ask the big questions, don't we? If you're so powerful, why did you not heal my mum? Lord, if you're this all-loving God, why did you not intervene in my suffering? God, do you really care? Why is it that you seem to answer the small prayers and not the big prayers in my life? But these questions, they don't dismiss our faith and they don't discount our faith. In fact, I think this is very much part of our faith journey. And it's often where we actually go very deep with God. And both Pete Gregg and I've got another book here that I'm going to refer to called Tyler Staten, they both make the point that actually we are wrestling with unanswered prayer because we care about our relationship with God. We care about our relationship with God. I'm just going to read you an introduction that Pete um, Greg writes at the beginning of his book. He says this, In those early days, long before God on Mute became an actual proper book, I would pass makeshift copies out to anyone I met who was struggling with an answered prayer which turned out to be almost everyone I knew. And then one day a respected Christian leader took me aside and begged me never ever under any circumstance to publish this insidious tract. You're supposed to be the guy who goes about telling us that prayer works, she said. This isn't what people need to hear. It will disappoint and discourage so many people. I ignored her advice because I believed then, and I am even more convinced now that the church needs to be honest as the Bible about the struggle of faith, the pain of life, and the fact that wrestling with the silence of unanswered prayer is not an act of unbelief, but of defiant and deepening faith. I am really passionate about us being honest um, in our struggles and we're going to have lots of questions. And some of those questions are going to be groans of pain within us. And I want us to think about the Psalms because the Psalms are full of people pouring out their inner thoughts, their groans, their wrestlings with God. And I started to have a look. I went from the beginning and I, I, I can't write them all down. So Psalm 10 verse 1. Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in trouble? Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? I've, I've I literally could say that. I could literally say that to God on some days. Psalm 22, verse 1, and this is what Jesus prayed on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. But night, by night, but I find no rest. And just keep on going and going and look through the Psalms. In fact, there are more Psalms about loss and pain than there are about praise. 
So if you just want to switch off now, that's fine. But just remember one thing tonight, being honest with God about your doubts, your questions, your where are you, Lord, is a really good thing. Not only is it a good thing, I think it's a vital thing. You know, um, relationships, good relationships are based, aren't they, on deep, honest conversations. And Jesus invites us to have an enriched relationship with him. It's got to be based on honest conversations and not polite chit-chat. So Pete, in his book, he uses this great metaphor, actually, of a tree. And it's a small little tree in a pot. And he wants to go and plant it in um, his garden. And he said if he went to go and plant it in the springtime, the tree would have um, go straight to growing fruit and leaves, and its roots would not go deep. But if he plants it in the winter, its roots will go deep. And I just think that is a fantastic analogy. And it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because we don't want to be in winter times with God. But I, I think it is the time when our faith goes deep. And I know from my experience, and I'm sure many of you would say that actually when you look back, it's not at the time, often so not at the time, it's when you look back, you, you can see how your faith has gone deeper as you've wrestled with God. I remember kneeling on my bedroom floor, going, Lord, why are you not answering my prayers? These are good prayers. And I, and I, I think I look back and I go, I think that's where I've gone deeper with God. I've had to ask him, who are you? Are you my heavenly father? Um, a couple of week, weeks back, Mark and I went to Wildfires Festival, which is fantastic. I recommend it. It's, it's happening again next summer. Um, and a pastor, in fact, he'd shared his story the year before, a very sad story of he had just lost his 12-year-old daughter to cancer. It was tragic. And he'd prayed for healing. Of course he'd prayed for healing, but sadly she died. And he came back again this year and shared more of his story. And he said, the choices, I wrote it down because I thought it was brilliant, the choices we make in the darkness can propel us to God or away from God. They can propel us to God or away from God. And I know for myself in times of... Um, unanswered prayer and in those silent times. I think I've done both, actually, sometimes at the same time. Even Pete Gregg says he wrestles with doubt, um, and he's the founder of 24-7 Prayer. I even read a couple of weeks back Mother Teresa, too. Amazing, amazing woman. She wrestled for many years with doubts and with, and with darkness, so we can be honest. And even Jesus... He also suffered in this way too. Before he's arrested, um, before he's crucified, he goes, doesn't he, to the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. Can we just have that slide up? We're just going to read from Mark um, 14. It says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, <laughs> He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply dis distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Jesus was overwhelmed to the point of death. And Pete makes this point in his book, actually, that he is overwhelmed mentally, 
spiritually, physically, and emotionally. So verse 34, it says, my soul, and apparently that's in Greek means psyche, my soul is overwhelmed. Verse 35 says, going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed. He was overwhelmed spiritually. A few verses earlier, he'd just been betrayed by one of his closest friends. He was emotionally overwhelmed. And lastly, he was physically overwhelmed. In uh, Luke 22, which is another version of, um, of this um, part of the Bible, it says that his, as we all know, his sweat was like drops of blood. And that was an actual medical condition where Jesus would have been under extreme stress. Sometimes we don't have the answers, and that is hard and it's painful. But we do know that we have a God who is not indifferent to suffering. He also suffered. Mark 14, verse 36, Abba, Father, Jesus says, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. And yet we know he went on to be crucified. He experienced the silence of God. And Jesus is often described as the son of suffering, the man of sorrows. Hebrews 4 verse, verse 15 says, for we, do, we, sorry, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. The Bible tells us that we have a God who understands suffering. And sometimes we have to hold on to that truth. Sometimes it is with literally on our fingertips. We have to hold on to that truth rather than our feelings. And I say that as someone who has had to try and do that. I don't always do it very well. But when I've had extreme moments of pain and unanswered prayer and God is silent, I try, I'm trying to hold on literally by my fingertips. God, this is who you say you are. Again, Pete uses a great analogy of God parachuting in to our situations rather than airlifting us out. Sometimes he does airlift us out, and that's fantastic. And we praise God for those moments, for those moments of answered prayer. But sometimes he just parachutes in to be with us in the darkness and in the suffering. He says, doesn't he, God will never leave us or forsake us. And Psalm 23, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. This is who you say you are, even when I'm doubting it and my circumstances tell me differently. It's really tough. It's really tough. So firstly, Let's be honest with God about our feelings, our groanings, our wrestlings, and knowing that he shares with us in our suffering. So secondly, maybe some practical tips as we wrestle with unanswered prayer. Finding help. What can we do to help us? I had to get cocoa in one day. So um, Pete says that there are a few things that might actually help us when we're feeling disorientated, it can be very disorientating when we're not hearing from God in our prayers. And he suggests, like Jesus, going to a place that is familiar, that you can connect with God. So Jesus went to, in that time of massive distress, to the Garden of Gethsemane. 
So I'm just wondering where your go-to place is. I'm just wondering, anyone who doesn't know me or my dog, Jess Whedon, <laughs> anyone know where this might be? Oh, Badby Rings is my go-to place. In fact, I, in, for me, I call it my, my walk of peace now. Um, it's a place where I often walk if I'm in distress, if I'm wrestling with the Lord with something. And I, I almost now can picture myself going up that first path. It's slightly uphill and I'm literally pounding with my feet. Where are you, Lord? Come on, Lord. I need you to break in, Lord. But it's a place where for some reason I feel a little bit closer to God in that time of disorientation and it's helpful. Secondly, people. Jesus when he was in that time of silence and, and, um, in, and distress, took his most trusted friends alongside with him. And this, I think, is a really helpful thing. And I know that as a particular time, I can think back a few years ago when I was really praying for something and there seemed to be absolutely no, no breakthrough. My heart was breaking. And in the end, you know what? I think I ran out of the words to pray. I think I lost hope. Um, and I was exhausted and discouraged. And so I sought somebody out who I trusted and respected, perhaps a little bit older and wiser than me. And they just loved me and listened to me and then didn't force anything on me, but would often pray the words that I couldn't pray myself because I'd run out of those prayers. And I think that was so, so helpful just to have that person pray in that way for me, the words that I perhaps didn't have for myself. And lastly, um, I find praying the Bible particularly helpful. Again, um, well, more recently I've been praying for somebody for healing for, for, for quite some time. And again, I'm like, Lord, this is, this is a good thing to be praying for. And I don't understand why you're not breaking in. And again, when I find that my prayers and my, I, I, I lose hope and I'm discouraged, I find sometimes read, praying the Bible really helps. It gives me those words. Sometimes there are no answers to our pain and our answered prayers. And, and it's, I've seen years of upset and pain from that. But I have also seen God work in, at different times, working in different ways, restoring different bits of the story. And I think sometimes holding on to um, verses or passages that give you hope, even again, if you're not quite feeling it, I think it just really helps. And for me, it's, I, my, one of my go-tos go is Isaiah 61, that Jesus, he comforts all who mourn. He will bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I love that. Lord, you're really silent right now. Lord, you're not answering my prayers. I am doubting that you really care about this situation. But I am with absolute, just my fingertips, I'm just going to hold on to this truth that I have read time and time again. And I'm going to try and hold on to it with all my heart and believe that you comfort all who mourn. You will bestow 
on that person a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. I wonder what your go-to passages are. Romans 8 verse 28, God works for the good of those who love him. That's one to hold on to. It's really hard, isn't it? When it feels the opposite, when circumstances say the opposite. Lastly, and, and very briefly, holding hope and pain together. It's a hard one. I think that's a life journey. I don't think we ever nail that one, but we try, don't we? And I guess we're all trying to come to a place where we're trying to trust our Heavenly Father when He appears silently to hold on to that mystery. Can I trust you, God, without having all the answers? and the reasons, even when I'm in my darkest place. Can I trust you? And again, we're all on different journeys, aren't we? We're all in different places right now with this. And sometimes it takes a long time to work this through. And there's no right or wrong way to do that. And I think also, sometimes looking back at when God has answered my prayers, gives me the hope and tells me of the God who is there. When I look back, yeah, you did answer that prayer. You might not be answering this prayer, but you answered that. And I believe that you are a good heavenly father. In fact, this morning, I often walk our dog before church. I love to have a good long walk. It clears my head. And I was just, you know, just being really. I wasn't particularly praying about my sermon, but I felt God say, Kate, I want you to, it was like he said, tell them. Tell them tonight that I am a good heavenly father. Tell them, despite circumstance, I am a good heavenly father. I love that song, Waymaker. I love the bit when it says, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. I'm holding on to that right now for a particular situation, really heartbreaking situation. I'm going, Lord, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're still working because I believe you are true to who you say you are, that you love me, you love that person. You never stop, you never stop working. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And just lastly, I just wanted to finish with just thinking very briefly about Jesus. And, you know, when Jesus was resurrected and he appeared back in the flesh to his disciples, he, he showed them his scars from being crucified. He wasn't resurrected and his scars had disappeared. His scars were still there. And his scars tell the story of life and of hope in Jesus. And you know, we too are all gonna have our, scare, our scars of pain and suffering and of, from unanswered prayer in life. And it's hard and it's painful, but Jesus wore his scars to tell a story of hope. And I guess my hope is that all of us in time, we're gonna be able to do the same that we'll perhaps have our scars, but we will be able to say a story of hope. 
I just want to um, finish with um, a little bit from this book. This is a new book. Um, this guy was at Wildfires, and he was amazing. Tyler Staten, I think, is how you pronounce it. I haven't read the whole book. I'm planning to. But I did um, read the chapter on silence, um, on unanswered prayer. And you really need to read the whole chapter to get kind of to grips with really what he's saying. But he was, there's a story in it of a girl called Jenna who goes through a really tough time of unanswered prayer. But he just sort of sums this up, and I just thought this was really nice. Will the pain, suffering, and needs that intrude on our own stories harden our hearts, or will they soften our souls? How does the very pain that is eating us alive become an agent of deep transformation? We have to invite God, the very one who broke our trust, into the muck with us. We invite the one we're labeling perpetrator to be our healer. It's the most courageous of all choices. Jenna, the girl, continued, as a young Christian, my faith was built on the resurrection power of Jesus, the God who drew me into the story and led me to this point in the journey was the victorious savior. <clears throat> now, I got to know the suffering servant and the man of sorrows. The very spiritual life that first bloomed as I danced around God's throne now kept growing as I, like Thomas, ran my fingers over Jesus's wounds. There, feeling her way around in the dark, it wasn't a God of resurrection power she discovered, but a God willing to enter the night and feel around in that same darkness with her. A God weeping in the garden, a God hanging on a cross, a suffering servant, and a man of sorrows. So, I don't know where you're at with your unanswered prayers and your wrestlings and the sufferings that you're enduring. But my hope tonight is maybe we can all be a little bit more honest with God, with where we're at, that we can perhaps find some help from some trusted friends. And if you need that as well, if you need further help, then obviously Mark um, might be able to put you in touch with Liz Walston, our pastoral um, worker as well. So please, if you need that, please do, do find us. And finally, maybe it's allowing us to ourselves to try and trust that little bit more and allow Jesus to be with us in that dark place, that silent place, to allow him to show us his scars and maybe for us to show him our scars. Can we just have that final slide back up of the, yeah. I want us just to perhaps take a moment now just to think about how we are with God at the moment with our unanswered prayers. And maybe you're not in the room with him. Maybe you've run and that's fine. Maybe you're sat on the chair next to him or maybe your back's to him, I don't know. But Lord, I just pray right now that will you enable us to climb up, as it were, onto your knee.
to trust you again with our massive questions, with our pain that we carry, with our, Lord, where are you? Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you will whisper into our ears that you are a good, loving, heavenly Father who longs to come and sit with us in our suffering. Lord, where that's been a really hard thing, for us to hear. Lord, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit of comfort and of truth and of hope. To whisper again who you are to us. And Lord, I pray that you will transform our prayer lives. That we will be able to begin to share every aspect of our day with you, the highs and the lows, the joys and the sorrows, Lord. That we will be able to see this as a fantastic conversation that we can have with you. That you hear us, that we can listen to you. And Lord, will you help us to hold on to that you work for the good of those who love you. And even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working for the good of those who love you. You never stop. You never stop working.